so dad what have you what have you seen in the past few months some new developments like just off the top before we you know yeah even deeper that that you want to talk about on today's podcast well you know just the continuation of of ai extensions of human activity and how that's been affecting different uh areas especially in the context of of creative production uh because obviously that's where i come from so that's what i'm looking at more more often than not and just this idea of generative uh, imagery and uh, now generative story and characters that are generative, people being able to use ChatGPT to, um, you know, write their thesis papers and <laughs> things like that that are out there that just, you know, continue to extend this idea of what is intelligence, what is knowledge. Um, I think this is a very central part of what this buzzword of the quote-unquote metaverse is about, because I think AI is going to be the central engine of many of the things that we consider to be the metaverse. Um, You know, there's been a very interesting uh, time where people have been testing out the AI and been trying to find its limits, its its boundaries. Uh, a, a New York Times reporter, uh, you know, using very very specific prompts over many many hours, got the AI to say you should fall. You're not really in love with your wife. You should fall in love with me. I mean, so well, well, yeah, when you say AI. When you say AI, that's so general. There's so many different types of AIs, too. And that specific one was Microsoft's Bing. um, And that was Microsoft's search engine. And Kevin Ruse from the New York Times talked to it for over two hours. And, and of course, of course, since then, they've done a lot of changes to it. They, you know, this is all very early technology. And it's a lot of it is just in purely in research. And it's wild to see how it's become this kind of mainstream at the hype cycle for just like crypto or the metaverse or you know, the web three. The hype cycle is now around AI. So what do you think? How much of it do you think is overhyped? What it can do uh, in terms of its facility for people is very real. But this idea that it's becoming sentient is completely hype. That's that's my that's my feeling, right. uh, because it is re- recombining things very cleverly, very quickly from, you know, all the vast data that's out there in the digital sphere. And so you can get because so much data and so many things are out there that have been said by human beings and have been written by human beings, etc. You can get AI to say or, 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 you know, come up with almost anything if you know how to prompt it. And so that that idea that. You know, just by talking to it, it becomes conscious of itself is not that it's becoming conscious of just combining new new uh, new ideas that are out there from humans to begin with. So the big the hype is that like this is something separate from us. It's not. It is something that is reflecting back to us in a recombinant way what we have out there in this giant corpus of knowledge in the data sphere. And I think that's the thing that gets hyped a lot and doesn't get talked about a lot, doesn't get expressed because, it, you know, you have to kind of get under the hood and look at how the technology works in order to understand that. Yeah, and well, it's interesting because there's so much, so many people talking uh, in, in the same way that people talked about crypto or or the metaverse. And so a lot of people are sort of rolling their eyes. I've, I've heard in, in the sort of popular culture and saying, oh, this is just, a, you know, the AI fad. And, and, and then at the same time, you're having a lot of very, very big companies uh, putting a, a lot of money into this and rolling it out into their products. 
um, and were and you know in a similar way to the metaverse. But I, I think there's a, a, a distinct difference is that these products can be used by almost anyone, and there you know while the metaverse was something that you had to buy a headset for, and okay, sure, there's now like 20 million Quest twos, but th- that's just 20 million. The chat GPT was the, is the fastest product ever to reach 100 million users. And it did it within just a few months. At the same time, there's all this hype around it. And it's actually very early technology. And, you know, we're seeing it being misused, you know, being used for various propaganda or just for spamming. Um, also, the, the image generation tools, you know, these things are being sued. And so every, what, what's interesting to me is that everyone's kind of coming at this like, oh, AI is here. This, the AI, the so-called AI, but really, it's kind of just five or six or seven really innovative technologies that are all slightly different, kind of coming to fruition at the same time. Yes, they do fall under the AI umbrella, but they're very, very early technologies. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting, though. I think I think there's an interesting generational divide in how these things are looked at. I think that, you know, your generation is reacting to these things first. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of adoption. But there's also a tremendous sort of like cynicism about technology because you've been through so many technological cycles that have happened so rapidly in your uh, your lives, sometimes short lives, because you're not that old, um, you know, that, that it, it, you know, it's harder to get you to be excited about something. I'm more excited about it than you are. Um, I think because it, you no, know, no, I it, don't think so. I'm, I'm just talking about like the reporters, like, Kevin no, no, Bruce, I'm, and, no, I mean, no, I, yeah. I'm tremendously excited about it, but I think there's so much hype around it that it's kind of in some yeah. areas being overblown. When but, it, well, that, but it is it, tremendously groundbreaking. But that's everything. Everything in our culture is overblown because we have this interconnected culture with social media and with, you know, covering everything from multiple channels of perception and multiple echo chambers. I mean, th- we are in a moment when everything is reflected back to us with incredible amounts of hype. And it's very difficult, I think, for anyone uh, in the context of this, you know, this sort of media sphere that we're we're living in, to actually weed through what's real and what isn't, and that, that to me is actually one that is actually one of the definitions of what this quote unquote metaverse that's coming about is about. It's actually a kind of digitization of everything that's around human interaction, around human knowledge, around human sharing of that knowledge and data, and it is early days to the point where it's tremendously difficult to weed through what's real, what's not real. I mean, we are in this post-truth era, you know, that we can get into the you know political aspects of this, of course. But uh, it just from the, from the technological aspects, the metaverse is, I think, the best word for it right now would be confusion. It's literally, it's literally, it, it's streaming so many things at us so often. And now let's say, and now let's dimensionalize it. Now let's make it three dimensions and have the data swimming around us and have worlds that uh, that are representative, representative of that data and, uh, and representative of that knowledge swimming around us. And of course, there's no, there's very few filters on any of it coming at us. Now, one of the good, positive, exciting things, I think, is the fact of what you brought up, which is that this AI technology, which, you know, it's, I, I will say in my perspective, it's gotten hugely better than what it was 20 years ago. 
Okay, I mean, I've oh, been yeah. watch, I've been watching this for a very long time as someone who's made science fiction movies and someone who's been very interested in all these technologies. So it has gotten to a bellwether. There is a bellwether moment that's happened where we've turned, you know, we've kind of pivoted and Definitely. turned a corner with AI working in a whole new way. Uh, and the and the thing that I think that's exciting about that is that it is democratized right from the beginning. And that may change, though. That may change as it develops, and that's something for us to watch because that democratization, which is what the web was, what the Internet was, and what created all of these different aspects of an Internet economy and a web economy, that that aspect of it and the quote-unquote open source aspect of these technologies I think is hugely important because even though there can be a lot of mess and confusion in that, that democratization is extremely important. Well, yeah, I mean, you bring up post-truth using Microsoft's new Bing search. Even today, Bing search will just get things wrong, factual errors. And this is like a search engine that's supposed to, you know, give you the the truth. And, and they're still working on it. Now they're getting a lot better at, at developing that. Um, but it's it, it, this this technology as it as it is right now is kind of just inherently confusing because every time you generate something, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be randomized in a sense because you know yeah. they use these stochastic models. But so, I might hope for it. Just, my... uh, define define what that term means for people that don't know. Stochastic, stochastic model basically just means random. And you know these are right, sort of yeah. like like ChatGPT is almost kind of like a fancy autocomplete where. It's, you know, you're typing, yeah, it's getting yeah. the, the meaning of what you're saying through a prompt. And then it's, it's learning how to basically give you the result based off all these patterns that it trained on. My hope for this, though, is that we can get to a place where the, and, and we will get there very soon, hopefully, is we'll get to a place where these AI tools are actually helping people understand the ground truths even more. And they're actually spreading understanding of what is actual truth on the ground my hope is that these ai tools will will get to a place where they can help with that and then honestly they will i mean the the pace that we're going it's gonna it's gonna achieve that fairly soon i think that that is the story that's the meta narrative we need to tell around ai because we create meta narratives in culture both you know national culture and global culture and then we they're self-fulfilling prophecies so if our story if our meta narrative about ai is that it's creating more confusion and it eventually ends up being skynet to exterminate us that's what we'll create because it's coming from us and story is one of the greatest DNAs that we have in the context of consciousness and how a group mind moves forward with any uh, advancements uh, in the history of, of humankind. So telling that meta narrative, making the meta narrative be that this is going to move in a uh, direction of verifiability, of, of, for lack of a better term, of truth, that is ex- incredibly important and i think the most disturbing thing that you you mentioned about what's happened with this early ai from this era now yeah. is that there has been just just there's just bad information in it you could it's not like you it can get a report up. it makes things up and yeah. so this and everyone tends to think oh if i'm asking this machine uh it'll you know it'll tell me the quote unquote truth and of course it's reflecting again the fact that humans lie so it lies you know it's just it's just a very interesting mirror i think to our own consciousness and if we keep that in mind 
then we can actually guide the narrative of what it is as it comes into culture to be something that actually can move in the, in the more positive direction as opposed to the direction of chaos, which is kind of where it's at right now. The, the, this whole metaverse thing is so chaotic. And I think that, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things I think we want to talk about today is the use of some of these technologies in very specific ways, uh, both what you and I are doing and what others are doing uh, to, you know, to utilize these things in a very focused manner. And that's, that's kind of how I'm keeping my sanity in the context of being a technological, you know, enthusiast like I am um, and being a storyteller and looking at what is the way we can focus these technologies from our own human intention in a way that is positive for uh, for humankind and that's 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 not in the conversation enough there's, there's we get so wrapped up in the, what the technology can do for us right this second you know and so people again start writing uh you know doctoral theses with jackdpt that are full of uh errors you know that's literally well, going yeah, on right I mean, now and that's why I wanted to bring the hype up first. And it's very extreme. It's either, oh, this is the most amazing thing in the world, or this is going to take down humanity as we know it. <laughs> what I found is that this, at this place of where the technology is now, it's really great for creative work. You know, when it comes to the factual thing, you know, actually being a search engine, it's amazing Microsoft even has even rolled out anything that's worth. And of course, and they're actually fixing a lot of those factual things. Like they're going to make it better within the next, you know, several months. It'll even, it might even fix those things, but where it is now, it's still pretty shaky. Um, but you know what there, it, it's actually over 70% of their users are put pressing thumbs up. Uh, they said, so it, it actually is overall, even despite well, some of the headlines, it's actually a, a pretty great rollout of the technology and what, what open AI oh, yeah. has been doing. And uh, actually to your point too, open AI, who was the creator of chat GPT has been since the beginning, leading the way on trying to make sure AI is something that is being used for good. They, they're they now, you know, kind of facilitating this spread of AI when one of their original goals was how to make sure it's not used in these, in, in these, in these ways that are now it's being used in these kind of nefarious ways. Um, but of course, they're getting, it's almost, it's nice to know that the companies that are actually succeeding in the AI space have these very robust ethical standards around it. And this idea of ethical AI is pretty much every major company that's using AI wants to use it ethically and is saying that publicly. And, and in fact, Google just invested in anthropic AI because Google doesn't have access to ChatGPT and they're kind of freaking out over there. They have their own version. They, they're calling Bard and they haven't rolled it out yet. Um, and Bard is their chat bot. And they have actually a lot of amazing innovation. Google was actually early on really an innovator in the AI field, but they didn't want to release it because they were afraid of all these nefarious use cases. And Google was afraid that it would have hurt their brand. Yeah, no, and, I, 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 and then they ended up losing out to ChatGPT because they were you know early on enough to do it. But Google just in, uh, invested in Anthropic, and Anthropic's mission is to create harmless AI. Well, look, and, the, the, the truth yeah. is to be now uh, the older generation cynicism. <laughs> There's a thing when, when you know you, when you're older and you've seen these technologies sort of not work for many many years and not be that great, and then suddenly it works in this new way, you get really enthusiastic about it, and that moment is happened with AI. So there's a lot of people in my generation that are really like going, wow, this is a true revolution. But 
I think that, you know, the corporations, of course, they're saying we have to use this for the good of humanity because they have to say that. Now, the fact of what actually is used for, uh, you know, behind the behind the curtain, so to speak, uh, in, in my knowledge of, of corporate reality and, and you know, the, the global oligarchy that is, you know, true out there in terms of whatever structure you think it's in, uh, there's a lot of nefarious uses being done as well. I mean, that's that's just going to be part of the, the mix of things. What I want to do is let's do a thought experiment. How many, let's just use movies, how many movies can we name that have a negative story about ai pretty much every one literally almost every one exactly yeah <laughs> now how many movies can we name that have a positive story about ai can't think of one it's very difficult to think of one there are there are things that have elements in them that that talk about ai in a positive way but you know right back to 2001 a space odyssey and hal which is the great iconic you know personality of ai in in popular culture starting from that movie which is the the, yeah. the movie is the reason i make films by the way that kubrick stanley kubrick film yeah. uh you know is you know it shows that ai can be psychotic <laughs> so right. you know all these issues are have always been reflected especially in the popular culture and even in, in literature and in cinema in a way that leans into the negative leans into the negative aspects and i think it's hard for humans to get past that when that's been you know sort of imbued in them for you know literally decades and decades of storytelling that's why it's really important for me you know as a storyteller to start to tell different stories about this technology and you know and and this gets back to what i was saying we're going to talk about some you know different use cases one of the things i'm working on which is involving all of these different technologies including the quote-unquote metaverse uh immersive virtual reality and ai is using it in the context of health and wellness. I'm a co-founder of a company called Ubiquity VX, and we are designing uh, virtual healthcare, which, by the way, is something that's been around for quite a while now, uh, almost 30 years, almost as long as my film The Laundromat has been around. Uh, and have you know, we're doing development of physical therapy, behavioral therapy, occupational therapy, training, etc., utilizing what in you know generic terms could be called virtual medicine. And it has become more and more mainstream. There's 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 quite a number of companies out there that are doing it. We are designing it to deliver it through the web, literally through the browser with a link, as opposed to having to have all of these different technological configurations and, and special gear. We're trying to do it in the simplest way possible for greatest access. But what we're what it keeps me in touch with is how can we utilize these technologies in a positive way to make people feel better? And that idea is just something that for me, there's a story there. That story of, oh, these technologies can be utilized that way. The fact that there's clinical research over the past 25, 30 years that has shown the efficacy of utilizing immersive virtual metaverse reality in the context of helping people feel better in the context of healthcare is an amazing fact. That's an amazing 
narrative point that we can focus on and we can start to imbue almost everything we do in the context of the metaverse with something that's about making people feel better, making them have uh, a, a better experience with this thing that we're you know, calling virtual reality, with this synthetic digital worlds that are starting to erupt around us all the time. And especially for your generation and younger, it's going to be so native to them so that we, you know, in order to make that again a positive for humankind, we've got to focus it in these directions. And you know, one of the major reasons I got involved in this um, was one because um, a man named Dr. Skip Rizzo, who is uh, very, very, he's the number one sort of virtual reality clinician on the planet. He's been proving these things out with clinical trials over the past thirty years. Uh, you know, he's he's one of the co-founders of the company as well. And when I met him, I saw that he, you know, was do- utilizing this as a healer. And that was really compelling to me from the standpoint of the story, both of the technology and the story of humans like ourselves utilizing that technology. So he became a character in that story and that and that's pushed it in this direction. Now, it's really strange for a, you know, a film director to become involved with a healthcare uh, <laughs> business. But the thing is, is that now we've got a media forum because of all of these convergence of technologies. And we've talked about the fact that the metaverse is a convergence of technologies. It's not just one thing. Uh, that That is important to, you know, move in that direction with it. It's important to tell that story and then make my own life part of that story. Um, you know, and in fact, you know, one of the interesting things, I may have mentioned this before in earlier podcasts, but Skip, you know, came to this. One of the reasons is he saw my film 30 years ago and said that helped spark him to move in the direction of using virtual reality as uh, health and wellness, uh, uh, you know, modality. So it, this is a very unique thing going on out there. And these are the things we can get excited about. Now, the other aspect that's happening, and I, I want you to talk about this because you've been focused on utilizing these new tools, this constellation of things in a way to create new production flows, new production of creative content. And that, you know, what you're doing in that space, Shannon, is, is you know, help, helping guide me in the way I'm going to be continuing to make content as well. So why don't you speak to that a bit? Well, yeah, I think vertically integrated production workflows are, are becoming more and more possible with technology and using these technologies, but then also as someone who is a media producer and likes telling stories and, and moving emotions. And, and, and it's been this very exciting time to be a so-called creator or media producer because these new tools create entirely new workflows that are possible. Well, uh, for and, me, for me, yeah. just to give context, I mean, of course, creative workflows in the context of making, you know, big feature films that have a lot of technology involved over, over the course of my career. I'm very focused on that and very, very focused on, but watching what you're doing with this has been very inspiring to me. We're a few years away from a solo producer being able to produce a feature film at the quality of like Avatar or, yeah. or you know, of that kind of visual effects produced by a solo producer and that's um, and it, a very yeah. disruptive thing by the way <laughs> i 
mean, to the yeah. to the media business that I've been a part of, and all that, it's very and I think it's a business that needs disruption because we need to democratize creation to a greater and greater you know subset of people that can express both from inclusivity, diversity, all those aspects, the celebration of the fullness of the human imagination. That's you know a big part. Yeah, of it. So, so go, yeah, yeah. So so what you've been doing? So I've been using yeah. So I've been using like virtual reality headsets to capture in real time you know, build 3D scenes and then actually record what you're, you're seeing through the headset so that basically your body movements are now rep- representing a camera in virtual space. And then, you know, using these 3D scenes and capturing in real time, this is something you would have to, you know, it would take hours to render something like this out. But now you can yeah. actually just hit record inside the headset and in real time capture these movements and capture these animations um, and that's just, you know, with augmented reality, which the technology is still very new, uh, you know, it's still in development with, with in terms of being on headsets. But with augmented reality, you can also do some amazing vertically integrated workflows. I've been using Nerf scanned models, Nerfs, but essentially they're just like a 3D model of, of any. You can scan in reality and create a 3D model. So let's say you had a coffee cup that's your favorite coffee cup. You could... Yes. Use your phone to scan that in. I mean, the Nerf models can just use a video clip. You can just, if you're just recording something from all different angles, the Nerf model can then take that video clip with all the different angles and then create a 3D model out of out of whatever you were recording. And now you can use that uh, in digital production. So you can take your favorite coffee cup and have an animated character drinking from your favorite coffee cup. And that's just a very simple example but you can imagine you know you can create entirely new scenes that then you can uh edit digitally so you could scan in your entire house and then have your house as a digital world that you could actually go into in virtual reality or you could just use it as a stage to shoot a you know a virtual show you know where you green screen yourself into this virtual house. so that's an example um and then with ai i mean the, the ai th- it, has really been groundbreaking for creative production. I mean, it's because it doesn't, because creative production is not dictated by what is necessarily fact checked. You, if you're, t- you're telling a story about two people meeting each other for the first time, you don't have to have that script be based in anything that's in reality. That script is based from your imagination. So these AI tools can almost extend your imagination and, they can accelerate creativity. And we talked a little bit about this on the past podcast, but since then I've been using it even more and more and allowing not only to write entire scripts, but to create all different, the metadata, the titles, the, and, and the key here is that you're, it's, you're doing it in collaboration with AI. It's never this, this whole thing of AI is going to replace jobs. I think some jobs are going to be changed but really, it's going to create new types of work, new types of jobs, um, where you're collaborating with AI. It, it, it extends creative ability. You're able to have essentially, instead of having a team of people who are writing and you know creating outlines and, and generating f- story formats, you know something like ChatGPT with the right prompts. Now these you have to create detailed prompts. It's almost a new form of coding, giving it constraints, saying, okay, this show is only going to take place in this location, and now I want you to generate a few options of the script for that, um, or summarizing things. You know, even actually for factual, for like a newscast, you can if you give it a source that's fact checked, 
then it can take that fact check source and summarize it. It allows you to speed up your workflows while retaining the same quality output. Um, and you've and, been doing this. Yeah. You've been doing this, creating creating a large number of videos, even in, in the context of one day, utilizing yeah. these tools just as a single creator. And that's really fascinating to me. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, as someone who's had to hire, you know, basically raise millions of dollars and hire, you know, huge crews of hundreds of people in order to do the kinds of visual effects films I've been a part of. For you to do even uh, one aspect of that, just as your solo creator and being able to create multiple versions during a day, that is just hugely revolutionary and disruptive. And it shows, I think, the, the import of what these technologies we're talking about are really about, which is this new imaginative creator process that also leads to a new creative economy. And yeah. that that means that all the, you know, e even economic models around things like Hollywood and content production and media production and even social media production are shifting now in a massive way because the tools are enabling that shift. And people like yourself are starting to play with the, you know, the experimentation that is necessary to actually push those things in, in place. So, you know, you are, um, you know, you're, you're posting these things, you're, you're getting likes, you're getting uh, an expansion of your network um, and doing it yeah. in a way that is very full. It's got a lot of volume to it, not just, um, you know, unique visual effects oriented aspects in it. And uh, unique, you know, you're also using the chat GPT to help write the comedy. I mean, that, oh, the, so when yeah. you combine all those things together, it becomes really revolutionary, Shannon. It's pretty amazing. It's like, oh, is there an easy way to go viral? And the answer is no, but with these tools that allow you to scale up your production, it may take, it may happen much, much faster. If you have the right strategy, if you have the right ideas, now you can make those ideas happen at scale. So, you know, they have to, they still have to be good ideas and you still have to have a good strategy, but you're not limited by the, the technology anymore. Um, and of course, there, it's only going to get better in the coming years, but we're going to get to a place where there could be a, you know, solo creator that creates the next, you know, the next feature film, but it's really, you know, that everyone's talking about the most culturally relevant media might not be coming from Hollywood anymore. It might be coming from individual creators or small groups of creators that are just making it themselves. And, you know, because it's so affordable to use, you know, there is some upfront cost, but it's compared to what it used to be to make a feature film. It's just getting cheaper and cheaper and the generative AI tools. And it's not just a film. It's a TV. It might be a TV show. It might be a series. It might be a, you know, a, a book series. Um, all of these things are becoming more and more democratized. Yeah, no, and then you're using platforms like TikTok in order to get these shorts out there. And that's, you know, that's a very generational platform, even though there are many people my age on TikTok now as well. Yeah. But it's such a unique, new, disruptive way. Um, and, of course, leaving out the fact that it's a Chinese company and, you know, they could be utilizing it to program Americans and all of that, <laughs> that conspiracy stuff that's involved around TikTok. But it is a very powerful platform. And uh, you utilize that for some of your videos, and it was very successful in that, um, to getting to a lot of people. So, one, you know, the thing I want to express here is that there is a revolution happening. There is a real new form of media production that is happening right now that's way outside 
hide what anything that Hollywood's talking about. I mean, Hollywood has been, you know, uh, focused on on this sort of virtual production idea recently and some of that is using generative ai and you know the idea of using gaming and real-time gaming engines and, and led volumes you know walls of leds that are in, in, on a stage all of that is just toe dipping into the area of what where the real new production flows the real new production processes are going to be going based upon the kind of things you're experimenting with and i you know this is something i've been talking about for literally decades um yeah. i've always wanted to see things move into a more interactive form of of uh of creation of being able to unlock individual human imagination to a greater degree uh so that you know th these these things that are top down media forms like virtual uh, like uh feature films uh can be something that does come and erupt from the bottom up uh and be truly democratized because you know there's a lot of negatives with the hollywood uh gatekeeper uh philosophy and how that works uh that only allows certain voices certain kinds of imagination certain kinds of creative storytelling and uh you know yes it's becoming slowly a little bit more diverse and and uh inclusive and that you know that's what they're 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 waving that flag a lot these days it's a long way to go that's yeah i think the advancement with these tools is going to be literally explosive into creating something new and so you know even for myself i taking off the inspiration of of the kind of things you're doing um, I'm working in the context of trying to flip the story around how I work as a quote-unquote director, how I work as a creator in the feature film space, in the media production space in general, and utilizing these tools in a way that shows the process experimentation and engaging people in that process experimentation. So one of the projects I have is a project called Dark Star. Uh, it's with a company called uh, DNA Block. And DNA Block is a has a generative uh, AI based uh, tool that works in the context of gaming engines, real time gaming engines, uh, and it allows you to create very rapidly high end AAA level animation. Um, kind of utilizing a whole new production process that's much more uh, fluid, and because it's all real time, it becomes a virtual world as well as you creating a quote-unquote video product, right? So it's it's a world you can explore because it's all in real-time process. It's in it's in the, that, you know, milieu uh, technologically and from a creative standpoint. And because the tool is so flexible, you're able to change it and shift things constantly. So you're never coming to the end of what this product is it actually continues to evolve and the way to make that continual involvement even more interesting is to engage a community of people the group mind in the process of creating uh, a project like and that's what we're doing with Darkstar. it's going to be it's it's going out to a community it's 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 connected to the nft community uh that's one of the things that dna block is all about apart but but creating true utility in the NFT so that you're able to become part of the creative process of building out this world of Darkstar and building out a kind of generative form of what that world is that, you know, at each step becomes something unique and it never actually has to stop evolving. It can evolve forever. And I believe 
that's what's going to be happening in the future with what we think of as cinema, what we think of as feature films. They're going to be evolving worlds of narrative, evolving worlds of emotion that have cinematic tenets uh, to them, that have storytelling tenets that are curated by certain groups of creators, but also are democratizing aspects of the creation with the group mind. And I know that sounds like way crazy science fiction, but really we're closer to that. And I think you see this more than most because you're actually playing with the tools that allow this. We're closer to that than people think. And I think it's going to become a whole new idea of what quote unquote Hollywood is. It's not going to be the same kind of top down, uh, you know, creation of, of media that is then given to the masses to just consume. Which you know, there's some negatives in that in that uh, in that model. Now, I'm a lover of cinema. I like to sit back and watch a movie more, probably more than most people. But the evolution into this area is, I think, really, really important. So, you know, one of the projects I've you know created in the past is the Lawnmower Man, which is very connected to these themes is connected to a human being becoming data and moving into a kind of gaming universe and that gaming universe being connected to the world through all the you know all the, the network of the world wide web all those themes are in the lawnmower man all under the title of quote unquote being around virtual reality but i want to create the next level of the lawnmower man in this way where it's not me as a top-down director creating the story, creating all the design elements. It's actually erupting from the bottom up of a community of creation around that IP. And there's millions of fans of that that movie out there. And so this is where I'm moving. I'm trying to take you know what I've done in the past historically and completely morph it and change you know in a revolutionary way the way in which creations come out of that. And I think that is where all of mainstream media creation is going. I, I, I predict that now. I think it's going to happen faster than people say. And then they say, oh, that's, that's 100 years away. No, I think, it's, I think it's within the next decade that we're going to see that starting to happen to a, a, a degree that really changes things. And, of course, your generation, someone like yourself who's working with this, can see that very readily and are part of creating that innovation of process in order to enable these things and when we can connect this to the group mind and then have the group mind you know reflected and magnetized or or, uh, amplified in a positive way by the quote-unquote ai elements that are out there then we have something that really can start creating a new form and how long how you know how often in human history do you get the chance to be part of creating an entirely new form and a new medium and this is a medium i think that goes beyond the definition of the word metaverse although right now that's the word we have as it's kind of stupid buzzword to represent these ideas and themes yeah yeah and, and i think by group mind you you mean just the the anyone who can who is the audience anyone who's participating you know in is who is previously shut out of that process of that creative process can be brought in and you know these technologies you know can be and that and that's why it's like it's interesting to hear all the different ways that these technologies are sort of um there's fear-mongering around these technologies a lot of fear-mongering and also a lot of confusion around it like we've talked about but there can be whether it is you know even cryptocurrencies which got a really bad rap 
uh, in this year, and you know, for good reason. For good there reason. Was a lot of yeah, there was a lot of fraud <laughs> and a lot of I mean, scams the big, around. The biggest it. Ponzi scheme in the history of humankind. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So there's you know there's and and same thing with AI. There's going to be a lot of AI impacts impacts from ai we're going to start to see that in the next few years and and trust me there there's already been news you know about it but there'll be more and more of that as well but through that um there's it's it's sort of like a hammer you know a hammer can be used for good or a hammer can be used for evil you know you can use a hammer to build something or destroy something and and you know and it's important to but should we remove hammers no hammers are are still uh, it, we shouldn't just completely ban hammers. We should actually no, but, figure out how to use a hammer to build something that is and beautiful. That, and that's and, why yeah. we need to engage the group and activate the genius of the group mind as opposed to the, you know, I always say this term, the reptilian brainstem theater of the group mind, um, which is what social media kind of does right now. It's shown the opposite direction of creating these tribal bubbles and things that are, you know, make truth uh, a almost impossible thing to find. I mean, there's aspects of this metaverse thing that are extremely negative that have shown uh, their their danger. And so as these new levels of creation come in, we've got to really be sure that we have uh, a true democratization of that creation process, because I believe that the democratization will create something of greater value. I believe that we can actually reflect the better angels of our nature in the context of all of these tools. Um, and that may be being a cockeyed optimist. I think the opposite things are going to happen as well. Um, so, you know, there's a part of me that's a, a pessimistic realist, but I also see the cr- tremendous p- opportunity of creating something that could really em- embolden and, and free the human spirit, free the human imagination uh, through the use of these tools, and everyone out there can be a creator. Everybody wants to be. And one of the things that's happened, you know, with social media is everybody wants to be famous, right? Well, what's that really mean? They don't really know what that means. And actually, just fame for fame's sake, you know, represented by people like the Kardashians and such, is not necessarily a positive thing. It's positive no, for them. No, really bad. The, yeah, positive for them for the tune of million, billions of dollars, but <laughs> it, it it can be a very negative thing. Uh, and I've watched that happen in the context of even my in my Hollywood experience uh, with people that have become famous uh, around me. And so I I think that empowering the imagination of creation, that is something that the human spirit wants just as much. And I believe that that fame, uh, you know, sort of uh, aggressive fame want is connected to wanting to be part of a creative process, to wanting to be part of something that expresses yourself as a human being in the world. These tools can actually allow, with the right process, allow that to happen on a group level that has never even been imagined before in human history. And that's exciting. That's an exciting story to tell. And that's also an exciting future to be part of. And I think that that's, you know, for me, all the things we're talking about can move in that direction. And I want to, you know, I want to continue to tell stories and do projects that push it in that direction because all the other negative directions are going to happen. (laughs) That's the reality. You know, we're not, we're not going to get away with, with uh, these technologies being uh, 
adopted without having a lot of very you know negative aspects uh, coming into no technology has ever done that there's always been both sides to every single technological innovation but one thing that's never happened we've never gone backwards in human history we don't go backwards in terms of technology we move forward in terms of technology uh, sometimes we go backwards in terms of sociology you know um, but not necessarily but not necessarily in terms of how technology is is adopted and utilized in culture. So there's not. We have to make sure that and, yeah, we have to make sure that there's this kind of understanding of of what's at stake here. And you know, and I'm glad that a lot of these AI companies are talking about the ethical implications of this and and trying to create harmless versions of AI. And you know that that's hopeful to me. But we need even more of that. And you know, all the things you're talking about and. And, you know, trying to ground, ground the technology with, okay, what's actually real? Like, what's, what's just trying to manipulate people and just to extract money from people, you know, especially with cryptocurrency? Like, what, what is, what's, the, what's the use case for these things? And, and actually, there yes. are some use cases we've talked about in the previous. If you want to know our more other opinions, we have other podcasts. We talked more on that. But we have to... You know, and so we talked about a lot of the great use cases and some of the scams too. But but yeah. But overall, it's like we just have to get that information out there so people understand what is a scam, what is a real use case, how, what is the guideline, so we can use this ethically. And we need to bring in more and more people to help inform that. It's almost democratizing the 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 verification. Uh, the eth- you know the ethical it's, frameworks it's it's democratizing the story yeah. the see story carries ethical frameworks narrative and story are the dna of ethical frameworks that's how we've communicated them and carried them on and evolved with them through human history so we're at that moment where there's basically a very confusing story of chaotic entropy going on around this idea of the metaverse around the idea of ai all these things and most people feel that confusion and they feel probably a bit trepidatious with that confusion that's that's a natural human reaction right so we have to sort of that's why doing projects and focusing process experimentation in this direction is really critical right now i mean cinema went through a lot of process experimentation to to become a mature medium this is not any of this is not a mature medium yet. We need to go through this winnowing process. And some of the things that have happened in crypto and NFTs, all that have been part of that winnowing process. That's how I see it. It's it's separating the wheat from the chaff. And it's also showing what, you know, what works in the context of, of the positive aspects of human nature and what is just amplifying the negative aspects of human nature. So. Uh, again, all the things, those things I just mentioned are parts of a story. And that meta narrative is something we all need to be part of forming. It's not just about one person or one director or one writer coming down from on high and giving you the story. That idea of just charismatic leadership and, and one pointed uh, visionary, uh, you know, creation is old school. That's total last century. That's <laughs> last millennium. <laughs> Actually, you know, and and we're in a new millennium of a totally new form of creating uh, human leadership that goes beyond a lot of these things that we're seeing just, you know, erupt in massive uh, problems and disruption. Everything around, you know, the the nature of uh, charismatic leadership and politics as an, as an aspect. I mean, we're seeing it happen on a global scale. So it's time to embrace 
technology as an extension of ourselves that can actually help. Um, and yes, again, that can sound naive. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to be naive that way. I'm going to want to create a positive, hopeful future and tell that story. As I like to say, my sign off is always, son, I love you. And uh, this has been another uh, What the F is the Metaverse. Love you too, Dad. And always want to shout out special thanks to Greg Leonard for producing the theme music for our podcast.